Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a Christian psychotherapist specializing in trauma therapy, couples, relationships, and personal development. She is passionate about your life and is here to encourage, teach, and inspire you to be your own best version. Find her online at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Now, with today's fresh insights, Cynthia Hyatt. Well, good afternoon. I am Cynthia Hyatt. I'm so glad you're joining me today. And I'm praying that you have a great week and one that is successful and that you have some great interactions with people that inspire you really to be the best version of you, who God has truly intended for you to be. So we've, we are here on our second week of doing a two-part series, one you know where we started with appropriate expectations in relationships. Because we do need to have expectations. And, and I said in that, in that show, you know, if we don't have expectations, we will never have intimacy. And so we do want to know what are appropriate expectations. And one of the biggest ones is to really expect to help the other be the best they can be. That you want to be someone that comes alongside them and encourages them, helps them be the best they can be. Not someone they are constantly having to get over and to work around. And so we also want to expect to be challenged and uncomfortable in, in these relationships. And we, because we have to examine ourselves as well. And we have to look at our own woundedness. And we also need to expect to apologize a lot and to pray a lot. As well as really expecting to give mercy and grace and forgiveness in abundance. So then we really started talking about healthy versus unhealthy relationships and how to know where you are on that continuum because nobody has a perfectly healthy relationship and even the most unhealthy relationships many times have some things that are redeemable. And I've seen that in my office many, many times where people really we're sure it was completely over. There was a lot of woundedness, lots of hard feelings, lots of years of heartache, harmful behaviors, and many of them have turned it around. And so we want to really understand that this is on a continuum. And what is a healthy relationship versus an unhealthy relationship? So we're going to look at the signs that tell you that you are in a more healthy relationship. And we talked last week about you're able to speak your mind. You have your own space. You fight. Healthy relationships have arguments, have fights. Domestic violence, that is not a sign of a healthy relationship, obviously. So fighting, disagreeing, stressing with one another, having misunderstandings and misperception, this is, this is just normal in healthy relationships. And you really want to know if the relationship is healthy, what you'll find is that you like yourself better. And you also really like your partner. I, I tell clients all day, you know, there's nothing better than liking the person you love. You know, I'm sure that you can think about all the different people that are in your life. Family members, friends, coworkers, whoever that may be. And you might love a lot of those people. 
but you may not like them that much. So one of the hallmarks of a healthy relationship is that I don't just love that person. I actually like them. And so I often tell clients, you know, if you want to be liked, be likable. Be likable. What do likable, what are people that are likable? Well, they're usually patient, they're kind, they're courteous, they're understanding, they're flexible, they know how to get their needs met, they bring something to the table, they don't make you do all the work in the relationship. These are people that we like, because when I like me, I am going to be more likable as well. So when you're hearing some of these indicators of healthy relationships and you're thinking, wow, I don't have that, we don't have that, maybe this last one you might say, I don't like myself at all. Well, these are things that you want to just say, thank you, God, because I really do need to see these things that are getting in the way of me having the life that you really designed for me to have. And these things, if I don't get a handle on them, are getting in the way of me being who you've called me to be, who you originally designed me to be. So this is where you might want to go online, research it a little bit. You might want to see a therapist. You might want to talk to a friend, read a book. There's all kinds of resources out there to help you really have the type of relationship with yourself and with others. And so we recognize that neither person is perfect and we accept ourselves, we value ourselves, we accept others, we value others for who they are right now. And we're trusting that they are in a process. Now, I, I always like to clarify when I say this saying, acceptance, the key to all my problems, right? Acceptance has so much to do with peace. So when I accept something, it doesn't mean I agree with it. It means I'm not going to fight with it. It means I'm going to accept the fact that unless that person decides to change, it's probably not going to change. And there may not, may not be anything I can do about it. So I either accept and live with it, pray for them, practice tolerance and patience and kindness and mercy, or if I don't want to accept it, I probably need to leave the relationship. Because if I can't accept the person for who they are right now, then I'm going to be a hindrance. I'm going to get in the way. Because my negative feelings, my upset, my judgment, my control issues may become bigger and bigger and bigger. So we need to recognize, what are the things that I can accept? What can I not accept? And there are some things I will not accept. I will not accept abuse right? Domestic violence. I won't accept, you know, blatant dishonesty, unethical, immoral, illegal behaviors. Those, those, um, those are probably not going to be in the closest people to me. Those, those elements are probably not going to come with my best friends, my husband, many of my family members. But maybe some of my family members do have some of that. So maybe I need to set better boundaries. Because you want to understand that many times we have to move people farther and farther away from us in order to be able to truly love them. If we let people that are corruptive, that are very unhealthy, if we let them in too close, guess what happens? The feelings they evoke in us begin to corrupt us. We begin to hate them. We get judgmental. We get controlling. 
we might gossip about them. So we have to be careful with people that are maybe highly dysfunctional, maybe even antisocial, these types of things. We have to be careful because if I let them in too close, they're going to change me and not in a positive way. So one of the other indicators of a healthy relationship is that major decisions are made jointly. And, and what that simply means is we are not independently partnered. We are not independently married. It, does, it means that we are not living separate lives together. That doesn't mean we don't have separate lives. I have a life, my husband has a life, but we also have a very big life together that our individual lives contribute to the us, to contri that contribute to we, contribute to what we are putting together. So major decisions that directly affect the other person need to be made jointly. Things like whether or not you're going to go through the drive-through, that probably can be made independently. But you want to be thinking, if I want a good partnership, if I want that healthy feeling in a relationship where there's lots of space and lots of movement, lots of flexibility, lots of acceptance, joy and peace and space to work on things and have support and encouragement, if I want to have that, then I want to be really addressing how my life affects that other person. And if my life, even if it's some good things, are negatively affecting my partner, my spouse, I want to look at that. I want to look at collectively, what am I contributing to the partnership, to the marriage? What am I contributing? Is it good? Is it indifferent? Is it negative? And that's the things I want to work on. If I'm doing my side of the street well, guess what? 50% of the, of the relationship is going to be healthy. And, and I, I, I tell clients daily, this is what you want to think about when we look at what adults do, what adult behaviors are. If you're driving down the road, it's a two-lane street, right? You're driving in, in one lane, they're driving next to you. And if that driver starts to get really erratic and drive very poorly or aggressively, what do you do? Well, the smart driver drives better. And so it's the same with relationships. If the people in my life that are most important to me, that I'm working on having deep intimacy with, are really struggling and not being a good version of themselves, what am I going to do? Well, I'm going to do my si myself better. I'm going to work harder on my side of the street. I'm not going to jump over into their lane and try to control the way they're doing their life. I'm just going to do my side better so that at least when it comes to the two of us, one side is working. That gives the other an opportunity to get themselves back in line, get themselves back to where they need to be. So another indicator is that you find joy. You have joy in your relationship. It's not just all work. So healthy relationships are full of laughter. They're full of fun. And it doesn't mean you're, you know, you're giddy every hour of the day. 
it doesn't, but it doesn't mean you, you drive each other up the wall all the time. So it means that your life together is mostly happy. And sometimes in very simple ways. So we're coming to the end of this, this particular segment, and we're going to take a break. So I want to make sure that you remind yourself that you can listen to these shows at any time on the website. And you just go to CynthiaHyatt.com, hit the listen button at the top of the page, and it'll take you to all these podcasts. So I really encourage you to take advantage of those shows and make sure that you join me in the next, uh, the next segment and, and really, truly have a beautiful Sunday. Thank you for joining me. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and you are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. Today, we are really spending time on recognizing what elements you would see in a healthy relationship. I think it's helpful sometimes to talk about the positive instead of me telling you all the indicators that your relationship is not working. Generally, people don't need to be told these things. They know, they know they're there. They're struggling with them, and they're living through them. So this is really looking at what are indicators that you have a really pretty healthy relationship. And I found this on, on it's a site called Real Simple. And I like to really research different things and find different ways that people are explaining some of these things. And this guy, his name is Devon Cornell. And I really like some of the ways that he explains some of this. So you might want to check that out and really be thinking for yourself what would I like to see in my relationship that shows me that it's healthy? Many times it helps to work on adding more positives versus always trying to get rid of the negatives. That, that gets exhausting. It's kind of depressing, overwhelming. And so sometimes we just want to say, you know what? Okay, so the negatives are there. I, I don't know what to do about them. I don't know how to fix them. So what I'm going to do I'm just going to add a whole bunch more positives. So I'm going to work on just being healthier in the moment. I'm not going to try to tackle the entire issue of this relationship. I'm just going to start giving better moments. Because think about how one moment many times can change and alter your mood or your day. You have one interaction with somebody and it was enjoyable. And it just lifts your spirits. Remember the, the entire series we did on the what is in a smile, the power of a smile, and the endorphin release that we get, the neurotransmitters that are released, that, that we get when we flex those smiling muscles. And when we smile, the person we smile at gets the same response. They smile back, we get more of it. And so many times it can be that simple. So sometimes, if you have a really conflicted relationship, it's really struggling, instead of always trying to focus on what not, what's not working, just add some happier moments. Things like being polite, being kind, showing mercy, deference, not being so stiff, maybe relaxing a little bit, not taking everything so seriously, not making everything as if it's a legal issue. 
or a criminal issue. To really recognize, you know, this person is probably struggling too and is feeling lots of pain as well. I'm not the only one in the relationship that's feeling badly. So maybe I can just recognize, you know, maybe they're doing the best they can too. I think I'm doing the best I can. And I say to people often, well, of course we're doing the best we can. Why wouldn't we, why wouldn't we do better if we could? It doesn't make any sense. Of course we're doing the best we can. And maybe our best isn't that great. But maybe it's the best we've got. So sometimes when we don't beat ourselves up and continually beat the other person up, it starts to remove some of the things that are non-essentials. It starts to just, you know, settle some things down so that instead of having a horizontal look at your relationship, that every single issue, every single interaction is of equal value. We start to make it more vertical. We say, you know what, is this really a major issue? So they didn't empty the dishwasher and I want to go off on them? Probably if our relationship was working, I wouldn't really care. So it's really helping to say, I need to relax, I need to calm down. And like we talked about in the last, se in the last segment of the show, if they're doing poorly, just like if a driver is driving recklessly next to me, I'm going to drive better. So if my partner, my spouse is not managing well, I'm going to work on managing myself better so that I don't go down with my spouse or my partner. So that I make sure that their struggle doesn't necessarily create more struggle in me or more sin in me. So when we look at these things that show us that maybe your relationship is healthy, we left off with the last segment of, of finding joy. Healthy relationships have joy. They have laughter. Doesn't mean it's ridiculously happy. That's just false. Because of course, people can drive us crazy. But it does mean that life together is mostly happy. And one of the ways, and I've talked about this at length, that you create happiness within your relationship is simply with courtesy, deference, respect, kindness. And that you recognize every human deserves that because every human is valuable. And Jesus acted that way toward the least of the people that he interacted with. He was gracious. He was kind. He was polite. And he was non-judgmental. So one of the ways that we find joy and happiness is we sim simply relax. We lighten up. We find things to laugh about because laughter is one of the greatest bonding agents humans can experience. Laughter and crying. When you cry with somebody, it's a very bonding time. It creates attachment. And when you laugh with someone, it's also very bonding and attaching. And the nice thing about laughter is the next time you see the person, you want to laugh again because they brought such a moment of joy to your life versus you, you do attach and bond to the person you cried with. Like, let's say you went to a funeral, you cried with these people. So the next time you see them, you feel something for them. But it isn't like laughter. So as much laughter as you can have in your relationship, it covers a multitude of sin. It causes us to be so much more flexible, so much more easygoing. We have more endorphins. 
we have more neurotransmitters that are flowing in, all through our brain. They're helping us with emotional management. The more we laugh, the stronger we are. The more we laugh, the higher our tolerance. The more we laugh, the more we see things differently. So make sure you're really increasing joy in your life and bringing joy to your most significant relationships. Now we're coming to the half hour here. We're going to have another half hour. I want to remind you to go to the website. Take advantage of all those things on the website that we have for you. We have a lot on social media. We have Instagram and Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, all of those different areas that, that we are really putting out just helpful hints, encouraging words. So I want to make sure that you take advantage of social media. And thank you for the ones of you that are. And that just give us some great responses in that community. And then also make sure that on the website there are some blogs. And each show that we do has a blog that corresponds to it. So you can kind of get the cliff notes of the show that, we, that I just did. So I'm glad that you're listening. And I want you to really work on increasing joy any way that you can. Whether that's watching a funny movie, telling jokes playing with the dog, playing with a cat, going to the zoo, whatever it might be that gives you joy. I want you to increase that in your life so that you bring joy to any interaction you have with people. So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment. We talk more about indicators of healthy relationships. Well, welcome back. You're listening to Conversations with Cynthia, and I'm Cynthia Hyatt. So if you're just tuning in, make sure you look at the website at CynthiaHyatt.com, and you can listen to all the shows in their entirety. And we are working on putting together a bunch of podcasts and working with some podcast servers, so that will be available for you as well. And I'll be letting you know when those are up. So we are talking about healthy relationships versus unhealthy relationships. And what are indicators that you have health in your relationship? And we talked, you know, we ended the last segment with finding joy. That there's joy in the relationship. You enjoy the person. And that you want to be someone that people enjoy. You have a lot of control over that. You have a lot of control over how you show up in all of your relationships. So you can either bring all your upset all your offenses that have happened all during the day. You can bring all the upset and offense you have at, the, at your partner or your spouse. Or you can really bring to the table some positivity so that when you have to talk about the negatives, you have a little bit of a buffer. It's a little easier to talk about negatives when things are going better in your overall relationship. So one of the indicators of healthy relationships is that you are able to find balance. As life comes at you, sometimes we need to really continue to find balance. Like maybe we had a balance where my husband does these particular chores, I do these chores, I watch the kids, or he watches the kids. Whatever it is, whoever feeds the cat, whoever feeds the dog, who does the laundry, 
maybe we had some pretty good balance and then something in our life changed. So we may have to reset. We may have to reorganize. So maybe that means that I pick up some of the chores that he would otherwise do because maybe he needs to work longer hours. Maybe I need to work longer hours. So he's going to be more on kid duty. But healthy relationships want to work for a, the bigger picture. They want the family to work well, which means that everybody sacrifices. Everybody sacrifices, not just one person. And that there is talk about how do we do this and how do we do this so neither of us get resentful. And reminding ourselves of why we're doing it. And that helps define balance so that you feel like at least there is some degree of fairness. Because remember, in, in the adult world, life is just simply not fair. But when we attempt to have fairness, we always feel better. We always feel more respected. And that helps to bring more health. So what else does, do healthy relationships do? Well, they treat each other with kindness. And like I said it last week, when we think about appropriate expectations, I said, expect to be kind, to need to bring kindness to your relationship. I tell clients all day, you know, kindness goes a long way. This is a harsh world that we live in. The kinder we can be, the more comforting we can be, the more flexible we can be, the more that we can look at the value of the person and not always giving them value because I like their performance, I like their behavior, but valuing them simply because God made them and God loves them. So there's nothing more important than treating the person you care about with a lot of love, much care, consideration, empathy, and appreciation. See, if you find yourself showing more respect to people you hardly know than you show to your partner, your spouse, then you want to take a step back and really revisit your priorities. Where am I spending my emotional energy? Am I spending all my emotional energy on people that maybe I only see once a week? So why am I being more polite, more considerate, kinder, more respectful to the people I don't even live with? Well, some of it is because it's easier, right? We don't know them as well. But I want you to really think about, this is what healthy relationships do. We give our best to our partner. And then we start to give the rest of us down the way to the rest of the people in our lives. And this is really important that you recognize prioritizing. So healthy relationships treat each other with kindness, with respect, with deference. They want them to go out into the world feeling built up, not beaten up, and then have to have the world give them some kindness, some support, some consideration. We want to send the people we love the most out into the world built up, not torn down. Sometimes it's hard to do. Sometimes we don't have a good morning. Sometimes we haven't had a good week. Maybe we haven't even had a good year. But you can start today with just one time, one piece of kindness. It goes a long way. This is Cynthia High with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the last segment as we really finish up 
healthy relationships. Well, good afternoon. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and you are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you for staying with me if you've been listening with me since the beginning of the hour. And if you have just joined in, really appreciate you listening and wanting your relationships to be better. And so make sure you go to the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. There's lots of information there, and you can listen to the show in its entirety. So we are talking about healthy relationships versus unhealthy relationships. And remember, it really isn't an either or. It's what degree of healthiness versus the degree of unhealthiness. Because we love mistake-making people, right? There's always going to be some type of unhealthiness in our relationships simply because we show up, right? (laughs) So I want you to think about really wanting to bring more health to the relationship. Sometimes we directly address the unhealthiness to really just excise it, to remove it, to take it out. And sometimes we just add more health and it can push out some of that unhealthy behavior. So we left off in that last segment talking about one of the things that we see in healthy relationships is people treat each other with kindness, deference, and consideration that they find joy with each other and in the relationship. And this one I want you to think about. Healthy relationships have a high degree of trust. So you trust each other. Because healthy relationships are built on trust. And a commitment to communication without reservations or secrets. That doesn't mean... I just blurt out things. I don't come to an interaction with an adult as a child and just say whatever's on the top of my head and don't filter anything. It means that I want to be saying things that are difficult in a way to increase the intimacy, not decrease it, not cause that person in, in my life to want to hide more or to feel beaten up or to, or to become ex, you know, more and more defensive. So what you want to do is you want to think about what helps trust. Well, who do you trust in your life and why do you trust them? Is it because they're perfect? No. Is it because they care? Is it because they're quick to apologize? Is it because they really attempt honesty and if they're not, they tell you and they apologize and they fix it? See, these are trustworthy people, not perfect people. So we want to work at being trustworthy, which means that we can trust ourselves. The more I can trust myself, the more you will be able to trust me, and the more I will be able to help you trust me. So how do you need to learn to trust yourself? What do you do that betrays you? How do you talk to yourself? What expectations do you have on yourself? So when we bring trust to a relationship, it means that we want to be as authentic as possible, that we're not wanting to have a secret life that, this, that our partner doesn't know anything about. And a secret life doesn't have to necessarily be in the concrete world. A secret life can just simply be the way I think. 
So if I'm saying one thing to my partner, like, oh, I love you, I love you, everything's great, I'm so glad we're married, I'm so glad we're having kids, uh, blah, blah, blah. But inside, in my mind, I'm t thinking all the things I don't like, all the offenses over the years that that person has done, all the reasons I don't like them, all the things I want them to change. So if in my inmost being, in my innermost part of my mind, my thoughts about my partner are all about the things that are wrong and giving me justification for doing whatever it is that I'm doing. See, that's not trustworthy. So if I find myself complaining a lot in my own mind or judging a lot in my own mind, I might want to talk to that person about it or I may want to talk to a trusted adult about how to talk about these things that I keep thinking about. And sometimes when we talk those things out loud, they don't sound as big out loud as they do in our own mind. So trustworthiness, sorry, trustworthiness, I don't know why I'm struggling with that word, really means that I say what I mean, I mean what I say. That you can trust me that I'm really honest with my words. And if I can't talk about it, I will tell you. I will say, I probably need to talk about that, but I'm not ready. I don't know how to do it in a way that's healthy for you and for me. So I really need to talk about it, and I need to figure out how to do that. Because that's honesty as well. So what, what else do healthy relationships look like? People in healthy relationships let go of things. They don't major in the majors. Things that annoy you, you just ignore. They're not moral issues, ethical issues, illegal issues, right? There are many just idiosyncrasies that humans have. And the longer you live with them, the, the more you know them, the more you see all those little things that may not be as attractive as you would like them to be. And so really healthy relationships let a ton of things go. And I frequently tell my clients, you know, you need to have like an ignore, delete button in your head, okay? You just need to ignore some things. You need to delete some things. Because if you don't, they start to clutter everything. And then all of a sudden, all those little things create a really big thing, which is a wall. All of a sudden, you have a wall in your relationship. All of a sudden, you're not so fond of your partner. You're not as easygoing. All of a sudden, you start to get a little judgmental, a little critical. You might not say it out loud, but inside your own heart. So the better I let things go, the healthier my relationship is going to be. Now, important things, obviously, we don't just let these things go because they don't really go away. So major things, ethical things, dangerous behaviors, whether it be an addiction, whether it be you know, not being able to trust somebody with money, feeling uncomfortable with how aggressive they might be with children. These are things you can't let go of. That the way they brush their teeth, that they don't always wipe off the mirror, that they're not always good at making the bed, that maybe they're not good at, at dishes, vacuuming, whatever it might be. Maybe they're not timely, so they're always late sometimes. What, what, whatever those things may be, that if they were to pass away today, would not be as annoying as they are now. 
you would maybe even miss them. And so always be trying to get a big picture of the partner, the spouse that you're spending your entire life with. Get, get, a, get a bigger picture of them. Look at them as to how you used to see them when you were dating. Think about how other people see them. Think about all the things that are working, all the things that you like, so that you don't just focus on the one thing. See, the things we need to let go are similar, if we think of it as an analogy, a rock in your shoe, right? If you don't just get rid of the rock in your shoe, that's all you're going to think about. Even though your entire body is working great, maybe you're even having a good day, but you have a rock in your shoe. Okay, these are irritating, annoying behaviors that everybody does. You just have to, you know, brush them off. Let it go. Don't get focused on it. It's not a moral issue. So what else? Healthy relationships have intimacy. Men and women, partners, they are sexual partners as well, regardless of what time of life that they are in. That's a really important aspect to that relationship. That, it, that intimate of a relationship needs to have affection and sexual affection as well. There needs to be physical satisfaction. It brings bonding. It brings friendship. It brings familiarity. It's one of the things that helps you let go of the rock in your shoe. Anytime I, I work with, with couples, with adults, and they're picking at each other. They're irritated with one another. They just cannot even seem to get along. If I ask them, hey, when is the last time you had sex? And they tell me it was a year ago. Then I recognize, wow, there is a huge breakdown in intimacy, which is causing them to not trust, which is then getting the relationship upside down. So all they're seeing are the annoyances. All they're seeing is the things that are like a little rock in the shoe, but it becomes a major issue. So healthy relationships are sexual. It doesn't mean it's perfect, but it only has to work for you. And it only has to, to really make sense to you. So this is the most intimate part of a relationship. And if it's not tended to, the rest of the relationship may start to break down or to wilt. So think about this as well. Your relationship is, is your safest place. When you're in a healthy relationship, that feels like the safest place. Because not only do we want to have those, those partners, those spouses be lovers, we want them to be friends. So it's a stable place to come home to at the end of the day. It doesn't mean that you don't fight. But it means that that person has your back. That when things are hard, they'll stand up with you. Even if you have made a huge mistake, a huge blunder, they're still on your side. This is where you want to really understand why trust and attention and letting things go and ushering in mercy and kindness and increasing joy helps that to be a safe place where everyone in that safe place doesn't have to be perfect to be loved. I have this really funny story, and I heard it on the radio years ago, and it was one of the major uh, news networks was interviewing Billy Graham's wife. And they asked her, hey, you know, Billy Graham, wow, he's like 
perfect. You know, he's never done anything wrong. Everybody thinks he's never done anything wrong. And wow, you've lived with him for more than 30 years. And have you ever thought about divorcing him? And she said very frankly, no, not ever. Killing him? Yes. And I just really laughed. What great friends they must be. And so this is what you want to think about when you think about healthy relationships. Because healthy relationships talk to one another first and not to other people as often. And they say magic, these magic words. I love you, thank you, and I'm sorry. Those phrases are the glue that hold these relationships together, that make them a safe place. That you say, I love you, I love you. And thank you for loving me. Thank you for taking out the trash. Thank you for working so hard. Thank you for being so nice to the pet. Thank you for, for loving our children. Thank you for what you do. And I'm sorry. I messed up. That was a blunder. That was stupid. No, I wasn't on I wasn't my best. I didn't think I didn't think before I spoke. And I need to apologize. And sometimes we have to apologize for really big things, which means we apologize and say, what do I need to do to fix this? And sometimes it might even take a year to fix a really big mistake. But safe relationships, healthy relationships are a space to be imperfect and to be able to fix things and to not have everything be a constant failure. But the, we can fix things and we have time. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you so much for joining me in this hour. Make sure you let your friends and family know about the show. We want the world to be really a healthier, better, safer place. Be your own best version this week. God bless you. I'll talk to you next week. To hear today's program again or to share it with someone else, please go online, CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Cynthia Hyatt. Until next time, remember, be your own best version. Yeah.